0: What's going on everyone? It's Carl Cruz and you're listening to the KC at the movies podcast, episode 102. It's the first podcast of 2023. How's everybody doing? How are we going? How'd our New Year's go? How is January going so far? We're about to finish January, actually. And uh heading to February. What is supposed to be uh the dump of cinema and uh of like bad movies january's been pretty fucking good so far actually and uh i've seen some pretty fucking good movies in january um megan included i i actually really enjoyed megan but we can uh you know we can talk about that later what this podcast is going to be is it's going to be like your guide to 2023 in movies um and then also it's going to include my personal top 10 most anticipated films of the year um i've got a lot of movies here to talk about um i've got 45 to pretty precise and what i'm going to do is i'm going to run through them kind of gauntlet style so we're not going to go too uh too into them but when we get to my top 10 um i'm going to get into more so why i am more so excited for uh these movies this podcast is not going to like too in depth or too crazy too long or anything like that um I just really want to, uh, you know, get my thoughts about there what I'm excited for this year. As we're about to go into uh, February, I did want to record this like a few weeks ago, but I've um, actually been traveling around, so I uh, I haven't uh, had time to um, to actually, uh, you know, settle down and uh, do something, and uh, haven't had time to sit down and uh, record this one. But um, let's let's get into it. Let's let's get into the 2023 slate of movies. Now the first. Let's say 35 are not guaranteed to release in 2023. They do have dates at the moment, but they could be delayed. The top 10 uh, are guaranteed to come out this year and actually do have release dates. Some of them have actually been released. Uh, One of them actually has been released already, uh, but just not in the country that I resided. So I'm going off my letterbox list, which is, um, I think I've made this public. I'm not too sure. But uh, the top 10 are guaranteed to release this year and properly ranked. And like i told you before, the rest are either honorable mentions or hopeful releases or hopeful releases for 2023, uh, aka not ranked. So we're going to start at 45, which is the Trashes. Uh, it's Cooper Rave's follow-up to his uh, 2022 film, his Sundance smash, Cha Cha Real Smooth, which I really enjoyed. That was one of my honorable mentions of 2022. Uh, remember that video up is up on YouTube right now. My top 10 and my honorable mentions are up on our YouTube right now. Uh, No information about the trashes yet. Uh, Looking forward to it. Uh, Then we have Saltburn, which is the next film from Emerald Fennell. And Emerald Fennell uh, gave us Promising Young Woman from 2020, which was uh, my number one film of that year. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what Emerald Fennell does next. Uh, Next, we've got Rebel Ridge, which is uh, Jeremy Saulnier. Jeremy Saulnier has done Green Room, uh, Hold the Dark. He did uh, Blue Ruin and uh, Murder Party. And I particularly love Green Room. Uh, And I like Blue Ruin. I didn't particularly like Hold the Dark. uh, But looking forward to seeing... I I still love Jeremy as a filmmaker. And looking forward to see what he does with Rebel Ridge. Uh, Then Priscilla which is Sophia Coppola's next film. Big fan of Sophia Coppola. Looking forward to what she does every single time. And it's based on a on the memoir Elvis and Me by Priscilla Presley. And it looks like at the moment it's starring J- Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Elody of Euphoria fame, also fellow Aussie. Then we have Night Bitch, directed by Maria Heller. She most recently did um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. She most famously did uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Starring uh, Melissa McCarthy and um, Richard E. Grant. And uh, yeah, it, uh, right now it says, woman thrown into the stay-at-home routine raising a toddler in the suburbs, slowly embraces the feral power deeply rooted in motherhood as she becomes increasingly aware of the bizarre and undeniable signs that she may be turning into a dog. And it's starring Amy Adams. So I'm pretty uh, <laughs> pretty excited to see what happens there. Uh, then we have I Saw the TV Glow, which is directed by Jane Schroen. Jane Scho- Schoenbrunn. I'm sorry if I'm saying that last name wrong. That's probably butchered the hell out of that. But she did from last year, We're uh, All Going to the World's Fair. So uh, excited to see what she does with that one. Next, we've got Love Lies Bleeding, which is directed by Rose Glass. She did um, St. Maud most recently. And if you really enjoyed that film, this one's about a woman determined to be a bodybuilding champion, finds her life and attitude altered by the use of steroids. Uh, so, you know, based on what we saw with St. Maud, I'm pretty excited to see what Rose Glass can do in her uh, her follow-up. Uh, I've got Civil War here. This is the next film directed by Alex Garland, but I don't think this will be coming out this year. Um, it's described as an action epic sent in the near future America from Alex Garland, and that's all we know. I, I don't know if it's coming out this year, um, so I'm not going to talk anymore about that. Uh, we also have Anne directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. And uh, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of Yorgos Lanthimos and his films. He most recently did that uh, that short film Mimic, which was very interesting. But he also, his most recent feature was uh, The Favourite. And uh, I, you know I like The Favourite. Um, he also has another film coming out called Poor Things, um, which that has no release date as well. But they both are going to be starring Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe. Either one's going to be a short, and then the other one's going to be a feature, or it could be both features. Again, we have no details on that. Uh, then we have Blitz, Steve McQueen's new one. I'm always looking forward to a new Steve McQueen movie, so uh, excited for that one. This is about follows the story of a group of Londoners during the serial bombing of the British capital during the war. He most recently made uh, the the Small Axe uh, list of films, and I really enjoyed the Lovers Rock one of that one and uh, Red, White, and Blue. His most recent uh, wide release was uh, Widows from uh, 2018, I believe. So, uh, you know, whatever Stephen Queen does, I'm there for. So, looking forward to that. Um, and then we've got Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughan. This is going to be starring Henry Cavill, and it's a world-class spy suffering from amnesia. is tricked into believing he's a best-selling spy novelist, after his memories and lethal skills return, he goes down a path of revenge against the shadowy organization he used to work for, the Division. Matthew Vaughan, if you guys don't know, he did Kick-Ass, most recently made The King's Man. I don't know if they continue with that series, but um, this is, seems to be his next film. So, um, you know, I like I like Kick-Ass, I like the Kingsman movies, so of course I'm going to be here for this one. Then we have Extraction Two, which most recently got shown off during Netflix's whole like "What's Coming This Year" kind of thing, and uh, it looks like it is coming out this year. This is directed by Sam Hargrave, who did the uh, the first Extraction and worked on as a stunt coordinator. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe it was the stunt coordinator on the uh, Marvel films with Chris Hemsworth. And I really actually enjoyed the first one. I didn't think it was great, but I really enjoyed the action in that one, Hemsworth's acting, and uh, how the action was filmed. That one couple of one takes. Great stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to the sequel. It looks like it's going to be, based on what we saw in that Netflix trailer, it, we're going to get some different uh, environments this time around. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Well, we have Maestro, directed by Bradley Cooper, and it's a portrait of Leonard Bernstein's uh, singular charisma and passion for music as he rose to fame as America's first native-born, world-renowned conductor, all along following his ambition to compose both symphonic and popular Broadway works. Um, or Maestro, Maestro, however you say it. I believe Lydia Guitar will kill me if I say it as uh, Maestro. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be directed by Bradley Cooper and starring Bradley Cooper as well. I believe this will be coming out, if this were to come out in 2023, this would come out later on the year for that, uh, for that Oscar push. So uh, I expect it around that time. Uh, next we have You People, which actually came out today. On uh, Netflix, and I did. I was gonna. Th- I was thinking about watching it um, after this, but um, I'm. Uh, I'm probably just gonna go to bed <laughs> after I record this podcast. Um, this is Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, and uh, directed by Kenya Barris. And it's a new couple and their families reckon with modern love amid culture clashes, societal expectations, and generational differences. Uh, the trailer looked pretty funny. And uh, I, I I don't think it's gonna be great, but uh, yeah, the trailer looks good. I like Jonah Hill. I like Eddie Murphy. It's easy, so I'm there for that. Uh, then we've got uh, Luther, The Fallen Son. This is the movie that apparently will finish off the Luthor series. I'm a big fan of the uh, the Luthor TV series of all five seasons and Idris Elba and everyone and surrounding that show. And season five it ended in a way. Of, uh, where I was like, oh, this is like, this does feel like the end, but also like it, you kind of are expecting a little bit more. And then it was revealed that the the wrapping up and the conclusion of Luther's story will be in a movie which will be released on Netflix. And it looks like it's coming out on March 20th. I think I'm looking at March 20th on my calendar here. Uh, March 10th, sorry. March 10th is Luther the Fallen Son and uh the plot description says the gruesome serial killer is terrorizing london while brilliant but disgraced detective john luther sits behind bars haunted by his failure to capture the cyber psychopath who now haunts him luther decides to break out of prison to finish the job by any means necessary it doesn't sound like it's going to be concluding anything but who knows it could it could conclude something um the creators did say that they would conclude the story with this movie so let's just see what happens uh, at 30, I had Megan, which I actually saw uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I did enjoy it. I did, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was really funny. I do wish it was R-rated, though. And I did want a bit more blood because the kills kind of happen off screen, which I'm not really a fan of. But I did like what Gerard Johnson did with this, um, this story. I do like the script as well. And I'm um, looking forward to Megan 2.0, which is supposed to be coming out in 2024. I think it's 2024 or 2025. Um uh, but uh yeah, I enjoyed it uh I didn't think it was great, but i i uh I had fun of it, and you know what more can you ask for with a film? Then I've got a knock at the cabin, which is uh m night Shyamalan's new movie. It stars Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge Dave Batista, and uh the- plot description says while vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by form armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Now, Shyamalan's last movie was old, and I um <laughs> I was not a fan of it. I be- I really liked the balls on it and how nuts it gets, but I wasn't really a fan of old. It was pretty fucking stupid. Uh, But I did enjoy it. That's what I mean. I did enjoy it. And I do respect Shyamalan and his way of financing his movies, how he self-finances. And it's very respectable and very very admirable. And um, this looks good. But Shyamalan movies can go one way or another. So I guess we'll find out when that releases. I believe that's coming out pretty soon, actually. Uh, 28, I've got Shazam! Theory of the Gods. This was supposed to come out in 2023, but got pushed to... uh, uh, This was supposed to be coming out in 2022, actually but um, I think because of the shifting of DC's slate of films, it got pushed to 2023, and I think it's going to be in February, I believe. Uh, this is the follow-up to Shazam, directed by uh, David F. Sandberg, and I actually did enjoy the first Shazam movie, so I'm, I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to this one, but I'll, I'll go see it, because I actually did enjoy that first Shazam movie, and I really like David F. Sandberg as a filmmaker. Um his YouTube channel is actually quite cool to look at and I do like how he kind of goes into the film and dissects Shazam the first one. I really like that video he did. Um his appearance on Sardonicast was actually very interesting as well. And uh I respect him as a as a filmmaker, like I said. So I will go uh I will go and check this out. As I said, I you know, I like the first one. I will watch the second one. There you go. Um, unlike what Marvel is doing, I actually don't mind what's happening with DC. So I might, you know, pop on over and see what they're doing over there. Uh, Twenty-seven. I've got Renfield, um, Nicholas Holt, and Nicholas Cage as Dracula. <laughs> now the trailer for this actually is out at the moment, and uh, it's a it's a ride. <laughs> it is a ride. Um, it I hopefully. I've got hopes that this will be funny. Like, I, I am looking forward to seeing the film. I don't know when it's coming out in Australia, but here's the plot description if you want to have it. It's having grown sick and tired of his centuries as Dracula's lackey, Renfield finds a new lease on life and maybe even redemption when he falls for feisty, perennially angry traffic cop Rebecca Quincy. And Rebecca Quincy is going to be played by none other than Aquafina. So... If he, if that all tickles your bones, tickles your fancy, um tickles my tickles me fancy. I'm especially looking forward to seeing what uh Nicolas Cage can do uh if he can really uh sink his teeth into this role. Um sorry about that one. Uh also not sorry. Uh he has played a vampire before though. He has played a vampire before in uh Vampire's Kiss, but he has never played Dracula. And uh this could be this could be an interesting role. So I'm looking forward to it. Chris McKay has done uh, the Tomorrow War, but he did he did the Batman, Lego Batman movie, which I really liked the Lego Batman movie. Um, but he also he did this Tomorrow War and I didn't like the Tomorrow War. But I think that was a more of a studio system thing. It had to be, right? Or a Chris Pratt thing, I don't know. But I-, I didn't really like the Tomorrow War. Hopefully he can do better with uh he can do um better with Renfield. Who's writing this movie? Ryan Ridley is writing this. This is his first credit. Okay. Well, we'll just see what happens. We'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll, 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 see what we, we'll see what we got here. At 26, Yep. at 26, I've got Fast X. Uh, this is going to be directed by Louis Lederer. I have no idea how to say that last name, sir. So I'm so sorry. Uh, this is not going to be directed by Jason Lynn anymore. It's not going to be directed by Jason Lin anymore. He stepped down. He, directed, he did do uh, Fast 9, but he stepped down and said this would be directed by uh, this gentleman right here. And he's done Now You See Me. Uh, he did Transporter 2, and The Incredible Hulk, and The Clash of Titans. And, and we did both Transporter movies. There you go. Um, so, you know, could be good. I didn't really like Fast 9. I do like this series, but I didn't really like Fast 9. Um, so I... I'm a little skeptical about fast x but you gotta you got you gotta love that title you gotta love that title man fast x <laughs> like like stop it here man like don't make it eleven and twelve but apparently they are they are making an eleven and twelve um i think it's gonna be a 12, twelve, 12 movie series or franchise according to according to Wild Vinny d but uh I would love for them to just end on Fast X. Uh, hopefully it's better than Fast 9. I did not like that last one. Uh, then we've got uh, Elemental. Uh, this is Disney Pixar's next swing. And uh, the plot description reads, In a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together, a fiery young woman and a go-of-the-flow guy will discover something elemental, how much they have in common. So it looks like it's a rom-com. Based on the trailer that I watched before I went and saw sold um, uh, The shell shoes on, Looks like it's a rom com with fire and water. And this is directed by uh, Peter Son, who did uh, The Good Dinosaur. Now, I'm not a fan of The Good Dinosaur. I think it's one of the least good uh, Disney movies. I didn't really like it very much. But this is produced by Pete Doctor, and Pete Doctor did Inside Out. Um, and I think Doctor is working on Inside Out too at the moment. So. It it looks interesting. I guess I I will I will check it out. I will check it out. But uh, it it um I don't know. Disney's fair so so far. Uh, lately, Disney's fair has not been that interesting, in my opinion. Um, the only good movie they had from last year for me was really was Turning Red. Uh, the rest of them I couldn't you, you could take it or leave it. Even in the last two years, I think. But uh, I don't know. I. I guess I'll I'll see I'll see what's going on with Elemental. And that includes um and that does include Soul as well. I I, I was a bit mixed on Soul. Uh I did like the score, but I was a mi- bit mixed on Soul. So uh yeah, I guess I'll when on on opening day when I go see Elemental, we'll just see, we'll just see what happens, you know. So I don't know if that's coming to Disney Plus or is that coming straight to theaters. It looks like it's a, th- a theaters movie. If we're getting a trailer, it looks like it's going to play in theaters. Um, I'm not too sure if Disney's still doing that um day and date thing anymore, if they're if they're just dumping their films on Disney Plus anymore like they did with Turning Red, which really should have been playing in a theatre, but you know, that was that was a whole discussion last year that a lot of people had and a lot of problems that they had with the the release of that film. Okay. Uh then we've got Evil Dead Rise, which is uh a lot of people are really, uh, really excited for this one. Uh because I think Raimi's producing this one. Yeah, he would be producing this one. Um, this is a Evil Dead movie which takes place in a high-rise, in a, in a uh, skyscraper. The plot description reads, Road-weary Beth plays an overdue visit to her older sister, Ellie, who is raising three kids on her own in a cramped L.A. apartment. But the sister's reunion is cut short by discovery of a mysterious book deep in the bowels of Ellie's building, which gives the flesh give rise to the flesh-possessing demons, uh, aka the Deadites and thrust the sisters into a primal battle for survival as they are faced with the most nightmarish version of Family imaginable. Um, This is directed by Lee Cronin, and he did, most recently, he did The Hole in the Ground. I didn't watch The Hole in the Ground, um, but I heard it was pretty decent. So, um, I do like the Evil Dead films. I I even like the remake um, that uh, was made. I even do like that remake. I do prefer the Raimi films to uh, the remake, but I didn't mind the uh, the remake that uh, Fetty Alvarez made. Um, don't know if we're watching this one in cinema. I feel like this is going to be fucking scaring the shit out of me. So I think I'll just wait till this one comes either to streaming or digital, and you know, watch it with the daylight and the uh, <laughs> and the lights on. Um, as much as I do like horror, I'm still very much, very much afraid of shit. So uh, yeah, uh, twenty three. I've got Cocaine Bear. Cocaine bear. Elizabeth Banks returns after making Charlie's Angels to make cocaine bear. And, uh, yeah, that's all I need to say. It's about a bear that did cocaine. It's based on a true story Um, that happened in uh, 1985. And uh, cocaine bear, okay? Cocaine bear. This is coming out soon, I think. It's coming out in February, I think. So, um, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, then we've got Challenges, which is Luca Guadagnino's next movie. He most recently did Bones and All, which was in my top 10. I believe it was my number six movie. It was in my top 10 of 2022. I really love Bones and All. I love Guadagnino's work. And uh, this is going to be starring Zendaya Mike, and Mike Feist. Um, I, is this another adaptation? I, I don't know if this is an adaptation or an original film. I think it might be another adaptation. Uh, but this is the plot description. It's Tashi, a tennis player turned coach, has taken her husband, Art, and transformed him into a mediocre player into the world-famous Grand Slam champion. To jolt him out of his recent losing streak, she makes him play a challenger event close to the lowest level of tournament on the Pro Tour, where he finds himself standing across the net from the once-promising, now-burnt-out Patrick, his former best friend, and Tashi's former boyfriend. Interesting. Uh, I'm... You know, I love Luke Guadagnino. I love what he does. And uh, I'll be there for challenges. And then at 21, I've got Next Goal Wins. This is Tycho Waititi's next film. Um, this is his return to something like Making Like Jojo Rabbit. I think he would make a good film with this one. It looks interesting. It's Michael Fassbender. He's coming back with this one. And uh, it's Dutch coach Thomas Rongen. Rongen? Rongen. Have you said that last name? Attempts the nearly impossible task of turning the American Samoa team from the perennial losers into winners. And uh, look, anything that Taika does that's not Marvel, like I said, I think is good. It's funny. I do like his humor. When it's too much of it, I do get a little annoyed of it. But it's something like Jojo Rabbit. I really enjoy it. So I've got some hopes for um, next goal wins. And look, that looks like to be coming out in this year. I think that'll be playing around Oscar time as well. Uh, expect that in the later part of the year, um, around Oscar season. Number 20, I've got 65, which is directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, aka the writers of A Quiet Place, and aka the directors of the Underseen Haunt from uh, 2019, I believe they came out. 2019, yeah. I really liked Haunt. If you haven't seen Haunt? Check it out. It's a good movie. Um,. This is Adam Driver. He's fighting dinosaurs. There's no fucking. There's no more words I need to say about this one. It's Adam Driver in prehistoric on prehistoric Earth, fighting dinosaurs. I don't even. Next movie. <laughs> um, next, I've got Cuckoo, uh, which is directed by Tillman Singer, and it stars uh, Hunter Shaver. And Dan Stevens, Jessica Hanwick as well. And uh, the plot description reads Chased by a mysterious woman, 17 year old Gretchen, who just moved her family to an alpine resort after her mother's death, must recover a conspiracy to save herself and her sister. Uh, Hunter Schaefer, Jules from Euphoria. Uh, this looks to be a horror film. The tagline just says, Just gotta be real then. Um, the tagline says, Hide. So, uh, that sounds like a horror film. So, <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, looking forward to that one. Um, I think what what drew me is just, yeah, Hunter Schafer being in it. Has Hunter Schafer done any other movies other than Euphoria? Or like, any other things other than Euphoria? There's no movies. I think she's going to be in The Ballad of Songs, Birds and Snakes. Um, but that's one I'm not really that excited for. And that's supposed to be, supposed to be coming out this year as well, The Ballad of Songs, Birds and Snakes. But no one likes the book. I like the first Hunger Games. I didn't. And I know I do like Catching Fire, uh, but I didn't like the rest of them. So I'm not going to be watching that one anyway. Uh, But this one's called Cuckoo and it might be coming out this year. I think this will play a festival. This might do a festival circuit and that's where we'll probably see it. Uh, At 18, I've got Napoleon, Ridley Scott's movie about Napoleon Bonaparte played by Joaquin Phoenix. And its uh, description reads, an original and personal look at Napoleon's origins and his swift, ruthless climb to Emperor, viewed through the prism of his addictive and often volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. And Josephine is going to be played by none other than Vanessa Kirby. One of my favorite performers on screen right now, Vanessa Kirby. If you didn't watch Pieces of a Woman uh, from, I believe it was 2021, I believe that came out in early 2021, do yourself a favor. It's it's it, look. It's a rough film, especially that first half an hour. But Vanessa Kirby gives a powerhouse performance in that movie, and it, is, it deserves to be watched. Uh, um, a lot of my friends know a lot about Napoleon, and uh, I don't know too much about Napoleon to be honest. I'm not really a uh, I'm not really a history buff. People don't look at me and they go, "That man, he must know his history." <laughs> I, I, I certainly do not. Uh, so um, look. I do like Ridley Scott, I do like Joaquin Phoenix, and uh, what was his most recent one? Was his most recent one The Last Duel? I really enjoyed The Last Duel, and that was, a, again, it was an underseen movie from 2021 that uh, not a lot of people saw, didn't do well at the box office, um, and I actually fucking really liked that movie, um, Jodie Comer, Adam Driver, and uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, and uh, Matt Damon? Matt Damon as well, yeah. That was a really good movie. And that last duel, <laughs> oh boy. Fucking hell. So yeah, looking forward to uh, Napoleon. I believe that will probably come out later in the year as well. Expect that around Oscar season. Then we've got, coming out very, very soon on March 9th, we've got Scream 6. Um, again, directed by Radio Silence, a.k.a. Matt Benelli, Open and Tyler Gillett. Uh, they most recently did, obviously, the... Uh, Scream 5, or 5 Cream, as a lot of us call it. And uh, look, I was a bit mixed on Scream 5, or 5 Cream. And uh, I I was a bit mixed on Scream 5. I liked some of it. I also didn't like a lot of it. Uh, the opening scene was pretty cool. It was a nice little update on that um, on that uh, Drew Barrymore open scene from the first one. Bit of a throwback, but also it wasn't really that exciting. And Nev Campbell has not returned. Uh, for this movie after appearing in Scream 5. What I do like about the premise about this one is that it's going to be taking place in New York City and uh, there actually looks like to be a group of ghost faces as well um, because the plot description reads following the latest ghost face killings the four survivors lead Woodsboro behind inside a fresh chapter in New York City but based on the trailer it looks like there's going to be a bunch of ghost faces that they need to look out for and um, be wary of. So... uh the trailer looks pretty good. Um, we're getting Kirby as well from Scream 4. Um, and she was one of my favorite characters from Scream 4. So uh, it's cool to get her returning. Um, Hayden Penateer. What has she been in recently? I don't think she's really been in much recently. But yeah, she's, um, she's returning for Scream 6. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I am doing... I'm hopefully going to do a marathon with a friend of mine and do all Screams again, including Scream 5. And then hopefully see Scream 6 in the cinema. She doesn't want to see the movie in the cinema. But um, I don't know. I think it might be fun to actually go watch in the cinema. Then at 16, I've got Creed 3, which is going to be directed by Michael B. Jordan. Uh, This looks to be the last one as well. Um, And look, this I think will be the last one. And uh, the description reads, After dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed has become thriving in both his career and family life. When a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy Damien Anderson resurfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he is eager to prove that he deserves a shot in the ring. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. The trail looks interesting. I do really like the first two Creed movies, especially the first one. Um, And I also really liked what Stephen Cable Jr. did with the second one. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see Michael B. Jordan uh, show his directing chops with this one. Uh, So, uh, yeah. 163 minutes, though. That is going to be a long fucking movie. (laughs) That is going to be... Holy fuck, that's going to be a long movie. Okay. Well, I've seen a lot of long movies, but, like, this is... I did not expect this to be 163 minutes. Boy, boy, howdy. All right, well, I'll be there watching that movie. I really like the first two, so um, yeah, I would like to see uh, uh, the conclusion, question mark, to uh, this Creed trilogy. Then we have Ferrari, directed by Michael Mann. And uh, Michael Mann hasn't made a film since 2015, I believe, with Black Hat. Before that was like that Johnny Depp movie, Public Public Enemies, I think. Um, but I really love Heat. I really love Collateral. I saw uh, Thief on uh, Criterion Channel, and that was really good too. I haven't seen The Insider yet. I really want to watch The Insider without Al Pacino. That's on my watch list. And uh, Adam is Enzo Ferrari. Uh, I don't think I need to say anything more. It's another Adam Driver vehicle where I'm like, I don't need to say anything more. <laughs> I'm going to watch this. And the description reads, During the summer of 1957, former race car driver Enzo Ferrari is in crisis. All the dramatic forces of his life are in collision. Bankruptcy stalks the company. He and his wife, Laura, built from nothing 10 years earlier. Their tem- tempestuous... Is that a fucking word? Their tempestuous marriage struggles with the mourning for one son in knowledge of another. Enzo decides the count of his losses by rolling the dice in on one race 1,000 miles across Italy, the iconic Mia Melia. Uh, I hope I said that last thing right. That was a fucking mouthful of a description. That's like that's like the pitch that Michael Mann must have pitched to the studio. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I didn't say anything more. Adam Driver's Enzo Ferrari. It's it's Ferrari. It's about Ferrari. Uh, fourteen. I want to because I do want to hurry up. Fourteen. I've got Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, aka Indiana Jones Five. Uh, look. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the trilogy. I actually did rewatch recently the Ra- uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, The Last Crusade. And I've come to the conclusion that Last Crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones film. Um, and I'll get to that why. I'm going to do a January video and get to that and talk about that in that video. Um, and I say trilogy, but yeah, there's a fourth one because this is the fucking fifth one. Um I didn't watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull again because I just don't want to watch that movie ever again. And uh, look, that's just my own personal... I just don't really like it. If you like it, cool. I don't like it. (laughs) Um, But look, this is going to be directed by James Mangold. And um, I'm a fan of this director. I'm a fan of this director. He most recently did 4V Ferrari, which I really enjoyed. And he also did Logan. And if this is the last Indiana Jones film... I feel like he's going to do a bit of a Logan spin on this one and do, like, Old Man Indiana Jones, um, even though, like, it was pretty much Old Man Indiana Jones in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. If Harrison Ford has come back to reprise the role, it must have been a good script. Um, Who was the writer on this one? Yeah, Mangold's written the script. We've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge as his stepdaughter, I think. And then, come on, Mads Mikkelsen is our villain. Like... I've I've got a little bit of hope for Indiana Jones five, so I'm 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 reserved but excited. I'll say that I'm reserved but excited. I like the talent behind everything. I have hopes for it, and and unlike Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I do have hopes for uh, Dial of Destiny. Now number thirteen, I've got one of my favorite directors, uh, her next mo- movie, showing up, uh, Kelly Reichardt which actually played at a few festivals in 2022, but is officially getting its, its release in 2023. And uh, it's starring Michelle Williams, Hong Chow, which baby, we saw this year crush it in The Whale and The Menu. Um, she is delivering some good shit. And she's going to be in another movie, which we're going to be talking about in my top 10. Um, I'm still yet to see Driveways. People tell me to watch Driveways. I do want to watch Driveways. I will be watching Driveways uh, when I can. Uh, but this is showing up. This is directed by Kelly Reichardt, who did uh, First Cow. Um, she did uh, Wendy and Lucy, Mixed Cutoff, Certain Women, uh, Old Joy. My favorite being um, Wendy and Lucy. And uh, I just really like her directing style and her filmmaking style. And uh, the description reads, an artist on the verge of a career-changing exhibition navigates family, friends, and colleagues in the lead-up to her show and finds that the chaos of life becomes inspiration for more great art. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Kelly Reichardt and the movies that she makes. I just, this is one for me. I'm I'm not going to say everyone to go out and rush this one. Kelly Reichardt's filmmaking and her films are not for everyone. But uh, if you do like this kind of filmmaking style, then um, get excited with me. Because another Kelly Reichardt vehicle, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, Number 12, I've got Maxine. Uh, The hopeful conclusion, like the conclusion, again, question mark, to this uh, Ty West, Mia Goff trilogy of uh, horror films. We had X, we had Pearl, and now we've got Maxine. Um, Hopefully this is coming out in 2023. I don't have a release date here for this one. But Mia Goff just most recently came out because she's been um, promoting Infinity Pool at Sundance. And she most recently came out and said that Maxine is the best script yet. And uh, I mean, it's a way to get everyone hyped and get everyone excited for the film. But, uh, you know, she said it was the the, uh, the best script they've they've written yet. And what I like about these films is that it's a trilogy of films that take place in three different time periods and that's just so cool and if they can stick the landing with Maxine like I said in my uh I think it was my no- October video um or November video I think it was my October video I didn't do it in a November video so I think it was my October video that if they can stick the landing with Maxine what we have a really cool horror trilogy on our hands and um, I know a lot of people that are excited for Maxine myself included so uh let's get it Maxine, hopefully we get it this. Uh, we've had that one teaser of that Hollywood sign, the VHS tape that which everyone saw at the end of Pearl. And hopefully we do get this uh, this year, this 2023. Let's get it. Come on. At 11, I've got John Wick Chapter 4, which is coming out in March. Uh, I love the John Wick movies. Every, uh, most people do. Um, but, you know... I kind of thought with everyone else that we, they should end it with three, but we're getting a fourth. I think this m- might be the end. Who the fuck knows? But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not sick of John Wick, but also I'm like, I wouldn't be mad if they were to end it with, with chapter four. I feel like they wouldn't end it with chapter four. I feel like now that we've made chapter four, they need to make like chapter five and then that they call that like, they call that John Wick the final chapter. I mean, they're also making the Continental TV series on, um, I think it was Amazon. Pick that up. Um, So I am, I'm not crazy excited. That's why it's number 11. I'm not crazy excited for it. Yeah. It's a John Wick movie. I'm going I'm to go watch it. I'm going to go see it. The trailer looks cool. We've got Donnie Yen. We've got Bill Skarsgård on this one too. So I'm excited. All right, let's get to it. Top 10 movies of uh, 2023. Let's get into it. If I haven't mentioned a movie that you're excited for so far, sorry for that. These are just the movies that I personally am excited for that I'm hopefully are hopefully coming out this year. This top 10 is guaranteed to come out this year um, unless there's delays, but right now we're supposed to be getting these movies uh, this year. In fact, number 10 is actually already out. Just not fucking out in Australia. <laughs> and I'm talking about infinity pool um which is directed by brandon cronenberg and he did possessor from uh 2020 which i really really enjoyed i enjoyed this more so than uh Crumbs of the future his uh his father's latest film from last year and while i did like Crumbs of the future i really enjoyed possessor and especially um andrea reisenberg's performance and christopher abbott's performance in in that movie Oh, it's just a, a a ride of a movie, and I and um I I really enjoyed it. And when I saw that he's making another movie, this time with uh, horror queen of twenty twenty two Mia Goff, and Alexander Skarsgård, boy did I jump out of my seat and uh, get excited for um for this movie. This most recently played at Sundance, and I think Sundance is just wrapping up this weekend, actually. Um, and it got some good reviews. I think it's sitting at 88% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, not that I care about that, but uh, that's that's where that's sitting, and uh, it's currently playing in cinemas, and I think in the US. I don't know when we're getting this in Australia. I'm not sure. I hope, uh, hopefully soon. Like, I really want to see this and not be, like, kind of part of the, I mean, you know, you we be, be part of the conversation, but uh, not to be, like, you know, Getting FOMO a part of the conversation, but you know, kinda, kinda FOMO, <laughs> and getting um, yeah, to talk about it with people. But then, like, we get it in Australia, and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, the movie that came out like three months ago, yeah, okay, that, that's done. We're on to the next one now." Like, uh, you know, I could I could go on for days about the 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 late releases in Australia. Like, oh my god, so many issues of that. But um, Infinity Pool. Now, here's a description for Infinity Pool. While staying in an isolated island resort, James and M are enjoying a perfect vacation of pristine beaches, exceptional staff, and soaking up the sun, but guided by the seductive and mysterious Gabby, who's played by Mia Goff, they venture outside the resort grounds and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism, and untold horror. Um, And what a cool fucking title. And look at that poster, man. Like, go on, go on Google right now and Google the Infinity Pool poster. Like... God, that's a sick fucking poster it's awesome I love it I love that poster Um, yeah it's why well, it's my number 10 Uh, I love Possessor and um, I'm looking forward to watching Infinity Pool number 9 is a Marvel Fair it is a Marvel Fair I didn't think I'd have a Marvel Fair on here but this is one I'm going to make an exception for and it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 big fan of the Guardians movies, even the second one. Um, I actually love the second one. I actually really love the second one. The first one is still my favorite Marvel film of all time. And um, I loved the game that came out uh, most recently made by uh, Square Enix. I um, I think Square Enix made that one. And looking forward to the sequel um, when that comes out as well. And I just love the Guardians. I just love the Guardians. And this one looks like it's going to be really fucking sad. <laughs> it's going to be really emotional. And hopefully a great send-off to these characters. These characters as we know them. Um, The description reads, After acquiring Nowhere from the Collector, we find the Guardians working to repair the extreme damage done by by Thanos, determined to make Nowhere a safe haven, not only for themselves, but for all refugees displaced by the harsh universe. It isn't long before their attempt to return to normal is upended by a brutal attack from a new unknown enemy and Peter, still reeling from the loss of Gamora and must rally his team around him to defend the universe along with protecting one of their own. A mission, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. There is there is a sense of finality in that uh, description and from the trailer. There, there just seems to be a big sense of finality. And, uh, man, I already... Like, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I already think this might be my this is going to be my favorite guardians film because like there's going to be like it's going to be there's going to be such an emotional core to this film i think and and um and i you know i love the latest suicide squad movie that he did um for dc and now you know he's running dc now so it's like he, this is his like his farewell to marvel his farewell to these characters and i hope he does it well i'm really much and uh it's going to be it looks to be centered a lot on rocket as well and rocket's a very Dude, if you do that character right, and I know that James cares about Rocket a lot. He, I think Rocket is his favorite character. Boy, we're going to be crying. We're going to be crying in that cinema when that comes out in May. We're going to be crying. And uh, yeah, fuck. Looking forward to it. Uh, number eight, I've got Asteroid City. I've got Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's next film. Uh, he made The French Dispatch most recently, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed The French Dispatch. But this cast of characters, let me just... I'll tell you the description first, but then I'm going to give you the cast. And you're going to be like, well, okay, that seems like a Wes Anderson film. But uh, here's a description. In an American desert desert town, in an American desert town circa 1955, the itinerary of a junior stargazer slash space cadet convention is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. Sounds cool? Here's the cast. Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Jeffrey Wright, Scarlett Johansson, Liam Schreiber, Tilda Swinton... Jeff Goldblum, Brian Brian Cranston, Jason Swartzman, Willem Dafoe, Steve Carell, Adrian Brody, Tony Revolori, Matt Dillon, Sophia Lillis, Hope Davis. I don't even need to fucking keep going. Like, oh my fucking god, what a cast. What a cast, man. And then we got Alexandra Spott doing that score. Oh! Get out of here, will you? Fuck. Um... We have really no... I think we've got a few images. I think we have a few like set images. But we really have no other information regarding Asteroid City. And uh, <laughs> fucking hell. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next work of Wes Anderson. As I'm a big fan of his films. Love what he does. Love his style. That's why it's number eight. And then at number seven, I've got Killers of the Flower Moon. Martin Scorsese's next film. You know, It's Martin Scorsese, of course, is going to be on this list and uh this this one still of Leonardo DiCaprio and uh Lily Gladstone has been floating around the internet for like fucking like two years now um this was originally gonna be made with Netflix, and now I think this is gonna be made with Apple I think I think uh Martin wanted to do this with Netflix, but then they it was too expensive I think and then and now Apple's picking this up um but here's the description. Based on David Grant's broadly lauded uh, best-selling book, Killers of the Flower Moon, so this is an adapted screenplay, it's set in the 1920s Oklahoma and depicts the serial murder of members of the oil-worthy Osage Nation, a string of brutal crimes that came to be known as the Reign of Terror. So what I'm getting is, I'm getting a little bit of like, you know, what's the normal Scorsese fair, like Goodfellas or uh, Wolf of Wall Street or anything like that. Some gangster shit. Mixed in with a little bit of uh, There Will Be Blood. And uh, the drama that comes with that. Um, again, no more. We got no images. We have got no trailer. Uh, but it's Martin Scorsese. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's *Kills of the Flower Moon* at number seven. Number six, I've got what most people will probably have as their number one. I'm thinking, uh, based on just what the what's been happening, like the trailer, the images, um, the description, the people making it. I've got *Barbie*. I've got Barbie at number six. Um, this is going to be directed by Greta Gerwig and be written by her and Noah Bombach. Um, and um, I don't know what this movie is going to be, man. I don't know what this movie is going to be, but I am excited. I will be there day on the day. Fuck Oppenheimer. <laughs> Fuck Oppenheimer, bro. I'm there for Barbie on that day. On that day in July, I am there for Barbie. Uh, <laughs> look, now I'm not gonna, you know, give any, um, you know, give any pushbacks to Oppen- Oppenheimer, but um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just more excited for Barbie. I think I'm just more excited to see what Gerwig and Noel Baumbach can do with, uh, with Barbie. Like Margot Robbie as Barbie, Ryan Gosling as Ken. It's fucking perfect. It's fucking perfect. Like. Oh my god! And like well, you know, like I, like I said, Bondback and Greta Gerwig is, as writing partners, like they've got they're bound to make something good. Like this can't be like a studio filming. Obviously, it's going to be a big studio film, but like I don't think it's going to be your normal like mainstream studio system kind of uh, fair. I think this would be something unique. I, I I have hoped this would be something unique, something special, and uh, I'm I'm loving it. I'm going to be there. Um, and just, yeah, sure, Oppenheimer is also coming out in this date as well, but that's just not in my list. I'm just not that excited for Oppenheimer, even though it does look really fucking good. <laughs> but uh, I don't have Nolan like, I don't have Nolan fatigue, but I'm like, I just I these movies I'm just more excited for, to be honest. I'm sorry. I'm just more excited for these movies. Uh, number five, I've got The Killer. I've got The Killer, David Fincher's next movie. Fincher is one of my favorite uh, filmmakers. So I've definitely got his movie in my top 10. And just recently on that whole Netflix kind of like, here's what's coming this year, uh, The Killer was featured and that will be coming out because cause I think they're going to go for a bit of Oscar Bells here because that is coming out in um, November, I believe. What date is that? The 10th of November, apparently, The Killer is coming out. And uh, it's based off a comic book series or a graphic novel series if you tend to go that way. And uh, the description reads, After a fateful near miss, an assassin paddles his employers and himself on an international manhunt, he insists, isn't personal. Um, and it's Michael Fassbender. It's Tilda Swinton. And Trent Reznor Atticus Ross is doing that fucking score because you know they are. You know they're doing a score on another Fincher, Fincher film. Uh, <laughs> very excited for that. And, of course, you know David Fincher. Like, hell yeah can't wait to see what he's gonna do with uh this I actually what I might do is I actually might read the source material first and then see how Fincher adapts this into a film um because I did see this i've been seeing this uh the omnibus at like a few bookstores that i've been uh that I went going to uh that I've been going to um uh, because I've been reading getting back into graphic novels and comics again and uh I did actually see the killer I think it was the omnibus. That was on the shelf. Now I don't tend to get on the buses because this is a bit of a tangent about comics for now. Sorry, I don't tend to get on the buses because they're a bit heavy. I don't really like having this heavy book in my hands. Or I like having like light stuff in my hands. Uh, that being said, they are a more streamlined way of reading things. So uh, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Like I'll, I'll just deal. I'll just put it on the bed or something like that, or um, put it in my lap or something. All that aside. I'm really excited for The Killer. I'm excited to read it and I'm excited to watch it on November 10th. Then at number four, we've got another book that I need to read this year. It's Dune Part 2. I really fucking enjoyed uh, the Part 1 of uh, Denis Villeneuve's version of this uh, story. And this year, I will finally read uh, the book by uh, Frank Herbert. And uh, I'm... Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting to diving into that book, diving into more into this world, and then fully immersing myself. Like rewatching that movie again, not the David Lynch one, because uh, I just don't think I can put myself through that again. But rewatching that first part and then being there. Say it with me, day fucking one, uh, Dune part two. I'm there in the cinema, baby. Let's go. Let's see if he can uh, can actually do this. Can actually wrap this up. That's why I'm going to need to read the book because I need to see if he can actually do it. And uh, wrap it up. Boy, am I excited for this! Um, I know a lot of my friends are too. Hopefully, going to get them together. We can go to like a preview screening or something like that, and we can have a good fucking night watching Dune Part Two and watching the conclusion to this story. Who knows? There could be a Part Three. There could be a Part Three, and I'll, I'd be fucking there for it. But uh, I think this is—I uh, think this will be the conclusion. I think Denis has said that this will be the conclusion to uh, this story. This this adaptation that he is making. Um. So yeah, doing part two. I don't need to say anything more. Let's move on. Number three, I've got... uh, This was uh, a bit higher up, but now I've got this one at number three. It's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. The first part of the final installment of the Mission Impossible franchise. I'm a huge fan of the Mission Impossible franchise, especially what Kristen McQuarrie and Tom Cruise have been doing with these latest ones. Uh, from Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, um, from Rogue Nation to Fallout and now to Dead Reckoning. Um, The the fact that all you need to do for this movie is show Tom Cruise barely clinging on to a fucking red, like a biplane or aeroplane, barely clinging on to like a red aeroplane, this is what—that's all they need to do to 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 market this film. They need to give you a trailer. They don't need to give you one, because that is that is all you need to like. We all know that we're going to go watch Mission Impossible: Directing Part One. We all know we're going to watch it. We all know we're going to go to the cinema and we're going to be there for it. Now we all know that, right? But the fact that they release a video of just behind the scenes of just Tom Cruise going fucking like welcome to the movies or whatever. I forgot what he said, but like something about welcome to the movies or we love the movies. Like that's all you need. Like that, that is, that shows the power of this franchise and how crazy this is going to be. The hype is through the roof for the last installment of Mission Impossible. Um, I've got faith that they can wrap this all up and and uh, make this great. Um, I love what they've been doing recently, especially Chris McQuarrie and um, Tom Cruise. I love this franchise, and I would love to see it have a, um amazing end. And uh, I'll be there. I'll see you there. I'll see you there, opening day, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Number two, like, who doesn't have this in their top two? It's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, originally called Spider-Man uh like Spider-Verse Part 1 or something like that and then there's going to be a part 2 but now they've renamed it fully to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is of course the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is uh honestly one of my favorite movies of all time now. Um it's just incredible. I rewatched it last year and it it's just in, it is just incredible. My my god, I love that movie. Um, so, of course, I've got this up high of my most anticipated movies of the year. Um, and the description reads, After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Miles Morales, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, is catapulted across the multiverse, where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. So more spider people. Way more spider people. But when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders and must redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves most Um, this time around we're going to be getting Oscar Isaac as uh, Spider-Man 2099 and I think he's going to be like an integral part of this story as well Um, but I don't really want to know anymore I've only seen the one trailer that's all I need to see I'm going to be there day one say it with me day one Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Very excited for that. And now, the final film. Number one. The most dissipated movie of the year. Even based on the trailer, yes. I haven't read the script, even though that leaked and people weren't happy with it. I haven't read it. This, this behemoth had a four-hour cut recently. Now been cut down. We're finally getting it in April. Probably going to get it fucking in fucking July in Australia. But in April, we are getting... Bo is afraid, directed and written by Ari Aster, uh, one of my favorite filmmakers currently. He did Hereditary, he did Midsummer, and now he's doing Bo is Afraid. Formerly known as Disappointment Boulevard, I'm gonna be honest, I do prefer Disappointment Boulevard to Bo is Afraid, but it's like when you listen when you listen to a, a single before an album comes out, and. You kind of don't like the single. Like, uh, one example, one example of this is uh, Body Paint. This is a weird example. I don't know why, (laughs) you know. This is a weird example. But Body Paint, variety Monkeys, for their new album, The Car, right? That came out and um, I was like, what is this? Huh? Not a fan. And then I listened to The Car and then Body Paint in context within the album. And then I fucking love The Body Paint. And Body Pain is now one of my favorite songs from that album. Um, And dare I say, one of the favorite songs from Arctic Monkeys. So that's how I feel about this title. Like, I really love Disappointment Boulevard. And I just love that. I just love that title, Disappointment Boulevard. I just love that title. It just rolls off the tongue. But I was afraid, not so much. But it might make more sense when I finally watch the film. So yeah, this is, uh, Bo is Afraid. It's a, uh, I want to get the better the plot description because Letterboss is not really doing this one any justice. Uh, Now we have a trailer for this. We only had like set images of Joaquin Phoenix in this uh, fucking like pajama robe, kind of like silk pajamas thing. Um, And he had like bruises on his face and he was like gashed up and everything. Like he looked horrible. Uh, But now we have a trailer for it. And it looks insane. It looks like Ariasta got the biggest budget he has got possible. <laughs> and um, the film stars Joaquin Phoenix as Bo, an anxiety-ridden man who embarks on a surreal nightmare odyssey, trying to find his mother. And that's all I'm going to say. And that's all I need to say, really. Um Look, it's written directed by Ari Aster. This is once again going to be shot by Pago Pogazewski. his cinematographer on *Midsummer* and um, Hereditary. I'm just really excited. I'm really excited. Even by the trailer, people are a little skeptical by the trailer. They're like, mm, not too sure about this one. But I'm very excited for is Afraid, Ari Aster. I think he just does no wrong so far, in my opinion. He's two for two. Eggers, for example, kind of let me down a little bit. I know people really love The Northman, but I didn't really like The Northman too much. I thought it was a good movie. Didn't think it was an amazing movie, like his other two, The Witch and the Lighthouse. But Ariasta, I mean, Ari Aster's only made two now, but uh, Ari Aster has not let me down yet, and I've got faith that uh, he will... It does sound like a pretty over movie, and it looks like he's got a lot of budget for it based on the trailer, but I've got faith that he can make something um, uh, pretty great and uh crazy, nightmarish. Can't wait for it. It's described really as a zonky horror comedy. There you go. A zonky horror comedy. I haven't had the word zonky since um ever, really. I've never heard the word zonky used in that context before. So uh yeah, that's it. Those that's my top ten. That's my really my, really my top forty five, I guess, even though the first the thirty-five movies were not in order, but um or not not ranked at all, but yeah, those are the movies that I'm looking forward to in 2023. What are you looking forward to? Are you more of a Marvel person? Are you looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, if that, when that comes out in a few weeks? Are you looking forward to, like, Marvels stuff like that? DC, more DC, fair. Um, and uh, the film festivals this year, of, of course, got to be uh, giving us the good stuff. I know some good stuff's been playing at Sundance, and I'm um, looking forward to checking those out. Guys, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it I'm going to bed I'm tired and uh, I did want to I did want to do what I was watching section but this is already going on way too long this really was just supposed to be a bit of a movie guide for 2023 so hopefully I did give you that Um, but boy am I tired I'm gonna have a shower and I'm going to bed guys you have a great weekend you have a great weekend I love you all stay safe and uh, I'll talk to you next time